Welcome to the Alpha Female Podcast with me, your host, Robin Baldwin. This show is to inspire you to embrace living like an alpha female. But what is an alpha female, you may ask? An alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. She constantly strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony, but knows that it requires being true to your priorities and what makes you happy. She is never complacent about striving for better and always nurtures the relationships with the people in her life. So let's get started. You are listening to the Alpha Female Podcast, Episode 15. All links and show notes can be found at robinbaldwin.com forward slash podcast. Today on the show, we're talking to Jillian Mandich. Jillian is currently completing her PhD at Western University in health and rehabilitation science. She is a yoga and yoga tune-up teacher, a TV host, and the community producer of Jillian Mandich Cooking Adventures. She's the co-host of the Holistic Health Diary podcast and TV show, a guest health host on the Home Shopping Network, and she sits on the advisory board at examine.com. She is also the creator, producer, and host of Health Science Radio on 94.9 CHRW and writes for numerous print and online media. Jillian, I am so excited to have you on this show. Welcome. Hi, Robin. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really happy to be here. So you were my very, very first Alpha Female Friday on my blog in the fall of 2015. So I was so excited to get you onto the podcast. I was so excited. I remember we were chatting when you were launching your blog and, uh, and to see this evolution of it, I think is just such a powerful way to continue the message and to reach more people and to, to get them all on board with what you're doing. Cause I think what you're doing is amazing. So yay. <laughs> yay. So you are episode 15 and I haven't read the definition out like the full alpha female definition out in a while. So if someone has just discovered this, let me read it to you because it actually has evolved since we had you on the blog. So an alpha female is a powerful and assertive woman. Her confidence is due to being an intelligent and intellectual problem solver. Being an alpha female is a state of mind based on choosing ambition and being proud of it. She strives for a happy and healthy work-life harmony. So it used to be balance, but now it's harmony. Type A alpha females often come across as strong-willed and selfish. When we stay true to our authentic selves and our mission, we shine. An alpha female puts the needs of herself first. It used to be all about everyone else without sacrificing her principles or dignity. So she now fills up her cup or gas tank first so that she has enough energy for her friends, family, and coworkers. So she's still nurturing all the people in in her life, but she definitely puts herself first. Mm. And then finally, we strive for synergy with the world around us. We want a perfect work-life balance, but we know that it requires being true to our priorities and what makes us happy. So that is the new definition. What are your thoughts right off the bat? I I love this definition, Robin, and I, I celebrate you for having a definition that's evolving as you're growing, as you're learning, as your communication with other people 
grows because so often we can, it's really easy to fall into a pattern where you get something and you stay rigid in your thinking and your beliefs. And when you're open to new ideas and to creativity and things like that, when it evolves, not only is it making you better, but also all your listeners and everybody else, because you're getting more focused and more and clearer on what it is that you're saying. Mm. One of the things in the definition that I really loved the, uh, the edit that you made was the idea of work-life harmony versus work-life balance. And I was listening to one of your other podcasts where you where I first heard that term, work-life harmony. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it was so beautiful. I actually stopped. I have an Evernote. Do you use Evernote? Yeah, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed too. I have an Evernote with like words and sayings that I like. And when I hear things like that, I put them in this, in this list of words and sayings I like. So I added that right away to my list because it really jumped out at me. When we think about balance. It's this, you know, you're constantly trying to maintain the uh, balance between, say, work and life, for example, how much work you're doing, how much time you're spending with your family, your relationships, all these things. But harmony is getting at a similar thing, but from a much more beautiful way and realizing that sometimes your work and your life and all those things, they can actually work together to elevate your frequency higher than maybe you would have if you were just trying to get that neutral balance point. Mm. And, you know, the synergy of what it's like for all of that to come together is really the powerful thing. And I think when you start to take a bit of a broader perspective and look at your life from all sorts of different angles, from the physical, from the emotional, from the psychological, all of these things, we realize that it's not just a little bit more time here today and a little bit less time here, but really finding a way for everything to come together and to work together creates that harmony. And, and I just, I loved that idea. It was really, really powerful for me. You are so eloquent in your speech. I just have to say that now. Thank um, you. It's a process, something I work on. <laughs> and what did you think of the change about how we actually put ourselves first? Because I think I didn't really put it in my first definition because I didn't want to seem, you know, selfish. But mm-hmm. it's true. And we talk about, you know, health habits on this show and nutrition habits and stress, like reducing stress habits. Those are technically all things we do to put ourselves first. But it's so that we can be more for our family and friends. Absolutely. I always say you can't give what you don't have. Mm. And if, if you want to support other people or encourage other people, motivate other people, teach other people, you have to have something to give in order to give it. Mm. And if you think about, think about it like a, like a bank account. If you're not depositing money and you're constantly handing out money to someone, at some point you're going to run out of money and then you're going to go into, into debt over it. You're going to start being actually in the whole money. And that's not good for anybody. When, when you can reframe things and really think about how if, if you want to show up as the highest version of yourself, for not only yourself, but for those around you, you really have to invest in yourself and create that feeling, that energy, that space where you are in your highest good to then bring that to the world. Because I always think about it, if you're not in your highest good, if you're not doing the self-care, the meditating, the eating healthy, whatever that looks like for you, then you're not giving your full self to the world and you're actually doing people a disservice because of that. We all deserve to see everyone's unique talents and gifts and skills because we all have them. And it's when we can fully show up that we can give that to other people from our highest version. And that's what everybody wants. And imagine imagine if we all committed to that. Imagine what a shift it would be if we all took some time to really invest in ourselves before we gave our gifts to the world. What, what a shift that would, that would make in such a positive direction, you know? 
I just want to say like mic drop and like end the podcast there. (laughs) I'm going to switch up the order of questions because I am just loving your energies and I want you to continue on this. What are you most passionate about? Ooh, I'm passionate about a lot of things, (laughs) as you know. (laughs) One of the things that, you know, when when I look at my life, if you look at like common denominators or patterns that come across in all sorts of different areas of my life. One of the things that really emerges for me as something that really ignites my passion where you feel that that excitement, you know, that fire in your belly is this idea of creativity. And it's newish to me only in the past couple of years. I grew up uh, being really good at science and math. And I was, I never, I took like the minimum amount of art classes that I could to get my like degrees. And, and I always thought, you know, Jillian, you're good at science and math. That's how you think you're not an artist. You're not creative. And what I've come to learn over the years is that creativity is expressed in so many different ways. And someone actually gave me the book, The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Have you heard of that? No, not yet. If anyone's listening and they're feeling like they, they're, they're stuck a little bit in terms of being an artist or their creativity is a little bit stagnant or they're, they're wanting to get a book out or start writing or something like that, I highly recommend you check out this book. It's called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And when I received that book, it really challenged the way that I thought. And it made me realize that we are all artists and we're all creative. And it's finding a way to connect with that and really bring that out in our own life that that's where the magic and the power is. And your creativity is this tool. Although it looks different for every single one of us, that's okay because we're all unique and different. And what where the magic is, is when you can actually bring that to the forefront and you can use creativity to inspire every single day of your life from not only what you work, but how you communicate with other people, how you see the world, the activities that you choose to do, how you choose to eat, the way you present your food to yourself, all these different things. When you start to notice creativity and really enhance that and bring that out, it has such a positive effect that really extrapolates out into so many different areas of life. And so I'm really passionate about not only maintaining and connecting with that creativity within myself and building and enhancing it, but also noticing it in other people and, you know, bringing awareness to it in in myself and in others. Because when you're aware of it and you can focus on it, it can expand. You know, like Tony Robbins always says, where focus goes, energy flows. So when you start to focus on things like creativity, it has this magical effect of really enhancing so many areas of life. I read Big Magic at the end of 2015, so I think that's also a perfect accompaniment to that book. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Because as I work on my first full-length novel that I want to publish in the summer of 2016, um, it's nonfiction, so I'm just like, well, it's, I'm just telling it how it is. Like, mm-hmm. there's, is there any creativity in that? So I read the book, and I was just like, yeah, because this is still a work of art. It's still, it's still writing. I still have to be eloquent and entertaining for people to want to pick it up. So I love just reading about creativity and getting excited about it, even when we don't feel like our most creative selves. Yeah. And one of the things uh, that I was hearing when you were just saying that is something that's been coming up a lot in conversations that I've been having with friends lately. And it's this idea of thinking differently. And, you know, we're used to writing a certain way or thinking a certain way. And when we can take a step back and really start to question what it is that we're doing, it can have a really powerful effect. Not only in, sometimes we, we just, we're grown up with these blueprints where you do things a certain way, you talk a certain way, you speak a certain way, you write a certain way, whatever it is. 
And it's just a pattern. It's not necessarily even the best way to do something or the thing that makes the most sense for you. But when you can stop and you can reframe your thinking and look at it from a different lens, maybe a more creative lens, maybe a lens that feels more connected with your authentic self, it can really shift things. So, you know, when you're writing, especially in a nonfiction setting, it, uh, it can bring out a lot of really fun things when you look at it from, from a different lens. Mm-hmm. It also sounds like because it, well, one, you're doing a PhD, which is crazy and amazing in itself. <laughs> But Thank it you. sounds like you're trying to balance out that such like studious and academic side of your life with mm-hmm. creativity. Like we, mm-hmm. we read your bio out and it, you do so many other things. Mm-hmm. So it does sound like you're trying to like make all of that harmonious in terms of how everything is flowing together. So I'm going to ask you, um, the fir- like when we talked in the fall, it was, does work-life balance exist? And mm-hmm. we're of similar mindsets, but I now ask, what does your work-life harmony look like so we can get a peek into your life? Okay. So in ter- I, I really don't think that there is such a thing as this perfect balance in life. And I, I love the idea of harmony because as we talked about earlier, it, it allows for space and for different parts of our life to amplify other areas of our life. And for me, I really know that to be true. I live my life, one of, one of my guiding principles or quotes that I, I think about a lot is the quote from Joseph Campbell. And he says, follow your bliss and the universe will open doors where there were only walls. Hmm. And that's been a lived experience in my life the past few years when I've started to do things that... I love things that really fill my heart with joy, things that make me happy when I'm doing work, quote unquote, like air quotes, that doesn't actually feel like how, you know, I think work maybe should feel or the traditional view of work is. And what I've noticed is that when you follow your bliss, when you do things that make you happy, they all come together and they complement each other very much. And yes, it takes a lot of work. It requires a lot of effort. But when you're doing things that are, when you're following your bliss, when you're on your path, it really feels like you're working towards something and you love what you do. And so I'm not necessarily even focused on, you know, how many hours did I work today? Because it all energizes me and I feel invigorated with the idea of what I'm doing and and passionate about it. So instead of me necessarily even thinking about this idea of work-life balance or work-life harmony, if I shift it and do things that that it, when I'm following my bliss, mm-hmm. it just sort of naturally happens that way. Not to say that it doesn't require effort or things like that. And I spend a lot of time investing in self that absolutely, but it comes naturally to me because I honor my body because my body is my service vehicle for everything else that I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's really important. The other thing that I, that I get caught up that I think about a lot, I guess is a better way of saying that is this idea of goal setting and goal setting can be very powerful. It can be a very easy or not necessarily easy, but clear or simple way to reach something that you want. And there are a lot of things in my life that I've set goals in order to achieve them. Doing a PhD, for example, would be one of them. I'm like, okay, I want to finish my doctorate. So what are the steps along the way? How can I set a smart goal to achieve that? But at the same time, sometimes when we focus on goal setting so narrowly, we can lose sight of everything else around us. And part of my life, I also try to be open to this idea of flow. And I think that sometimes when I'm just open to things, amazing things happen in, in my life and in the life of those around me that I couldn't have necessarily set a goal for. So more than anything now, when I think of work-life balance, it's uh, another Tony Robbins quote. I love Tony Robbins. <laughs> he says, be, be firm on your goals, but flexible on your methods. Hmm. And so when I look for that balance, that work-life harmony, it's, it's more about 
getting to where I want to be, but being open to how I get there and trying different things and being open. And that's, that's kind of what really is resonating with me right now. Gotcha. I love it. (laughs) So it's funny because, and as a researcher, you'll probably love this. Um, in my small sample size of episodes so far, there (laughs) seems to be two camps. There seems to be the people that believe in seasons Mm -hmm. and you live your life by seasons. And then there's, uh, seems to be the camp where, you're kind of talking like we set goals, we set our habits, but we, we need to have joy and bliss in our lives daily so that we can take care of ourselves, even if there are seasons. So what are your thoughts on that? Cause there's, there's the school of thought where it's like seasons. It's like, I'm going to work crazy hours for three months and then I'll take a break. You talk about like taking care of your body on a daily basis so that the breakdown doesn't happen. Absolutely. I, I think there are times when there are seasons, if you're doing a product launch, if you're, you know, in the final stages of my dissertation, am I going to be spending more time on my computer than I normally would? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And especially I have a lot of entrepreneurial friends and at certain points it requires more of your time, your energy, your effort than others. So yeah. And you can't be on like full overdrive all the time. At some point you're going to burn out. It's just going to happen. It's more a question of when not, is it going to happen? Yes or no. Yeah. However, I think when you are committed to self-care, to taking that time for yourself, you've almost created a space where you're as well equipped for things like that as possible. Mm. And I think also awareness is a really key ingredient in that. So I can, for example, I flew back from LA on the red eye the other night and people were like, Jillian, why are you taking the red eye? Like, that's crazy. But I wanted to, I was only in LA for four days. I wanted to maximize the amount of time I spent there. And then what I did was that I knew that coming home the next day, I would be a little bit tired. So I didn't put, I left a lot of room and space in my calendar that day. And so, yes, I was busy, 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 go, go, go four days of travel, you know, not a lot of sleep, having to adjust to time zones. And I loved every minute of it. And when I came back, I was able to, to, have that downtime to then continue with my life. And there are absolutely times when you need to be quiet, when you need to rest, when you need to relax. Absolutely. I think that's a really important component of all of that. However, when you are aware of what's going on and when you can block in that time or create that time, it allows you to to have that season of go, go, go and that that internal quiet time as well. It's almost like you have your habits, you do as much as possible, and then when there's a busy season, you have your non-negotiables. Like mm-hmm. these these are always in my life. So let's yes. get into your um, health habits. Um, we'll start with what do you do on a daily basis to keep your immune system boosted? Ooh, okay. Uh, my immune system, I love it hard. I take care, really good care of my immune system because if you don't have your health, and you can't show up fully for, for a bunch of other things. You know, it's kind of that thing that is essential if you want to give your gifts fully to the world. And that's something that is important to me. So in terms of my immune system, I do a lot to take care of it. And this is an evolving process and something that I've kind of developed over time. So if you're listening and, you know, you're in a different point in the path, you know, I, I encourage you to honor that and continue to build because the research is very clear that small changes over time are much more successful than trying to overhaul your life in in one go. Mm-hmm. So that being said, some of the things that I do, I wake up in the morning and I scrape my tongue. Tongue scraping is an ancient Ayurvedic tradition where 
the tongue is considered a detoxifying organ. And so as you sleep at night, your tongue is working to get some gross toxins out of your body. And we all know that like filmy stuff that we wake up with on our tongue. Scrape that away because it's really disgusting to think about that. But what's more disgusting is swallowing it. <laughs> I'm making such a gross face right now. <laughs> I uh, I scrape my tongue and then I go and I like to move. I think movement in the morning is so important and the movement changes. It's different things depending on how I'm feeling because when you honor your body and you listen to your body, I believe that we're all students of our body and our body is our best teacher. So connecting with my body and see how I want to move. Maybe it's a slow yin practice. Maybe it's a vigorous power practice where I'm doing handstands and stuff like that. Maybe I'm doing kettlebell swings or jumping on my rebounder, but something movement. No, I'm going to stop you because the first time you told me this, I was like, what is a rebounder? Oh, oh, yay. (laughs) For those of you who are listening and have never heard of a rebounder, it's a small trampoline. It's amazing. It's a little mini trampoline and you jump on it. And what it does is it stimulates your lymphatic system. So we have our blood that flows through our body and the muscles help to move the blood throughout our body, but we also have lymph. And that's like, you know, when you get when you get sick and sort of under your jaw. Swollen it, neck, yeah. Yeah, those are, those are lymph nodes that are swollen. And it's really a good way to help move the lymph fluid through your body is to rebound. I so, just love it. I'm just picturing mm-hmm. you like jumping for joy. Oh, yeah. And, it's- and you know what I do? I either will listen to no music or whatever music I feel like because – the other thing is that movement and dance is an essential non-negotiable in my life. And so sometimes I'll put on like the Backstreet Boys and <laughs> or the Spice Girls or Madonna or, you know, 80s, whatever it is. I put on some fun music and just jump around for a little bit because it's really good for your health. It's also good for your muscles, you know, getting things moving, especially first thing in the morning. But it's just it's so incredible. And rebounders are very inexpensive. They're, you know, you can buy them all over the place. Uh, for a very reasonable price and they don't take up a lot of space and I live in a condo and I don't jump and hit the ceiling so (laughs) you know there's no there's no excuses you can find a way to make it or some other movement practice work it's also more gentle on your joints than say uh, jump rope every morning you know jumping jumping also gets that lymph moving but the impact on your knees and your ankles and your hips your lower back your spine can be a lot more intense so rebounding is, is a much more gentler on my body Awesome. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there anything more in the immune boosting list or do you I, want to go on to fitness? Really quick. Okay. I meditate a lot. Mm-hmm. I drink a lot of mushroom tea, chaga and reishi, medicinal mushrooms. Yes. Uh, I a lot of nettle, a lot of ginger. I neti pot, which is where you pour it in your nose. Water, water through your nose. If you're not sure, you can look that up. Especially if I'm at an airport or something like that. The first thing I do when I get off a plane is I neti pot to rinse out my sinuses after being in that stale air. Okay, I think that's some of the things that I do. I a lot that. of uh, healthy food. I incorporated yeah. medicinal mushrooms into my daily, mm-hmm. I guess, habit practice last year, and I've been doing shaga, yeah. um, which is absolutely amazing. I tr- I first did like the crock pot mm-hmm. version, and then I discovered the instant blend um, yep. from Four Sigma Foods, mm-hmm. which saves my life because I can just bring those packets to the office. So for cor- absolutely. corporate women looking to get more antioxidants into their daily habit, um, definitely look those up, and I'll put them yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, it's incredible that especially the, the instant packets to take them with you on the go. The other thing I do is I also, so I have both. I have chaga and a crock pot. And all you do is just get a small little crock pot, keep it on low, put a couple chunks of hog chaga in. And when it's dark, you know that it's good. And then as it gets lighter, you can add more chagas. 
and take out the old ones. I then dehydrate those ones and put them in alcohol and make a tincture so that you get the, the most benefits out of the mushrooms. But what I do in the morning is when I make my coffee in a French press, I do chaga tea instead of just boiling spring water. And so you get the medicinal but the medicinal mushroom <laughs> benefits as a tongue twister. Yeah. And you still get your coffee and you can't taste it at all, but you're getting that boost of antioxidants and anti-inflammatories, antifungal, all those properties from the mushroom in the morning with your coffee. So, so you're you making the mushroom tea and then you're using that as like the water for the yes, coffee. Yes. Uh, yes. You are nice fancy press. woman. Mm-hmm. And the whole like tincture thing just probably went like over so many different heads. Um, Yes. uh, I hope this at least inspires you to start looking into medicinal mushrooms from an antioxidant (laughs) side. We won't get into it because that's like an entire podcast or out there on that. Um, Yeah, there's a lot out there. I've got to say though, out of all the health things that I do, I believe that incorporating medicinal mushrooms in my life has had a very significant role in the state of my immune system and in my mental clarity, daily functioning. That's one of my non-negotiables is I always find ways as often as possible to incorporate a variety of medicinal mushrooms into my into my life. I love it. And the shaga is antioxidant. The reishi, is that the... She's, reishi is the queen. They call queen. her of the mushrooms. They call chaga the king. Okay. Reishi is really good for uh, decreasing stress, okay. anxiety. It's a very calming one. Reishi is something that you could have in the evening. Is Sometimes, lion's mane the one for cognitive function? It is. Lion's mane is one of my favorites. It's really amazing for cognitive function. And then cordyceps, that's another really common one that's really good for athletic um, performance. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, so as we talk about athletic <laughs> performance, let's get into what your weekly fitness routine looks like. Mm. I this has evolved for me a lot over the years. You know, I grew up as a competitive athlete. I did fitness competitions and like the more bodybuilding type stuff for a while. And what I've landed on now that's feeling that I'm feeling the best and the strongest and the most comfortable in my body than I ever have is because now I see fitness as more of a holistic term. So yes, it's about being physically strong. You know, can I do pull-ups? Can I deadlift my body weight? Yes. And that's important to me, the physical side of it. But also, you know, the psychological side of it is really important to the mental thing where I have, you know, a meditation practice that really centers and grounds me where I can be focused and clear. And then also the social piece. I think that's really important. And surrounding yourself with people that support you and that are like-minded and things like that. And, and the gym can be a really great place to, to really seek out like-minded individuals and use your relationships to help each other, in, especially in terms of fitness and motivation and things like that. Hmm. Yeah. In the sponsorship clip, I talk about how I'm doing the Live Like an Alpha Female Challenge. And it's a five-week course where women are moving through optimizing different parts of their life. And in week one of fitness, we talk about a physical fitness goal and mental fitness goals. Meditation and yoga are my mental fitness because I'm being good to myself and I'm relaxing and I'm de-stressing, flexibility, all that jazz. And then meditating so that I can actually work on my mindset so that my physical fitness goals can be achieved in a better way. So I like that you do everything at the same time. And then in terms of the social, like I get it. It's the only reason why I go to an obstacle course training facility. Like I could do all of those things on my own, Mm -hmm. but it's like that twice a week I get to see my family that I train and race with. So it also keeps me accountable to get that extra push for a harder workout than I would do on my own. Yeah. We're completely on the same page on that one, Robin. And wouldn't you say that 
when you focus on all of those things, it really does enhance all areas of your fitness. You know, they do kind of complement each other and really enhance it, enhance everything, right? Mm-hmm. When I have the like promise to myself that I'll do weekly yoga, mm-hmm. then my workouts are actually easier and I'm finding that I'm getting less injured on a yeah, mm-hmm. on a weekly. I shouldn't be getting injured on a weekly basis, but I'm getting less injured on a weekly basis. <laughs> Um, and I think I think that's a powerful shift too because traditionally when you think about fitness it's about going really hard, pushing through workouts, you know, forcing yourself when you're tired to just get through that last set. And when you can really reframe your fitness and realize that sometimes not doing that set, sometimes going to a yoga class instead of a, you know, a CrossFit style class is the best thing that you can do for your body. And when we honor our body and love our body, it loves us back. Mm. And just like, you know, you don't want to push, 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 pick up heavy things every single day because you have no rest. You have no no recovery time. And especially in terms of like injury prevention and things like that, when you can get a more well-rounded, holistic, comprehensive view of fitness and realize that there's all sorts of different elements and recovery, mobility, all of those things, flexibility have a huge, huge role in that. And I find for me personally, my fitness regime right now, what it actually looks like on a day-to-day basis is very different. And I used to be the type of person that went and did the same thing. I had a routine that I did every single you know day and this is what I did. And my workouts were always, you know, go hard, go hard, go hard. And now I do a variety of different things that range from like kickboxing. I love kickboxing. I teach yoga actually at a UFC and MMA gym. So I practice yoga there, but also kickboxing, which is really fun. I do, I love spin class. I do yoga tune-up, sometimes CrossFit or Olympic lifting. I do Pilates on a reformer, play squash, I play soccer, I ski, I do triathlons, all sorts of different (laughs) things. Not every day. I don't do them all every day. But I find that doing things that I love, again, without following my bliss, it looks different on different days. But fitness is a lot easier when you're doing fun things. It just sounds like you need the variety. Yes, absolutely. And that works for me. And it might not work for other people. Some people might prefer to have that schedule. But for me, finding fun in fitness is the best way to make sure that I do it on an ongoing basis. Because fitness for me is a lifestyle thing. It's something that makes me better. It energizes me. It refreshes me. And so when you create a situation where you can set yourself up for success by doing things that are fun, it really makes it a lot easier. Amazing. Now, what are you doing on a daily or weekly basis, nutrition-wise, to keep yourself well-fueled for all of your fitness fun? Mm. Oh, good. That's a good question. I uh, Again, this has really been an evolution for me. I've, got, I've done – I tend to extremes if I don't pay attention. So I've been a raw vegan and I've been a hardcore paleo and everything in between. <laughs> <laughs> and what I've landed on for me right now – is that I like to eat whole, unprocessed foods. That's a non-negotiable for me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, then I feel like I can achieve this optimal performance and I have a lot of energy and feel really vital and alive every day. I think that variety, just like in fitness, variety is literally the spice of life when it comes to food. And I eat lots of different colors of foods, as local, organic, wild as possible. I I eat, you know, a rainbow of colors. I try to get in a ton of different vitamins, nutrients, minerals, those sort of things. I do eat meat. I don't eat a ton of meat and I'm very picky about where I get my meat from. So it's hormone-free and antibiotic-free. Ideally, in most situations, I actually know the farmer where I'm getting my meat from and that's really important to me. You know, but what it comes down to is I used to be so rigid in terms of my nutrition Mm -hmm. and I've really let that go. 
And so if I'm out with my friends and everybody's having pizza or whatever it is, I will go and I will enjoy that. I will eat it in that moment and love my food, love the company and the social piece of it, and then I'll move on. So I don't continue to eat my food in my head after it's done. And that's been a big shift for me because from a, from a psychological perspective, if you look at the research, there's actually your body digests and, and absorbs food differently depending on how you think about it. So if you're stressed and anxious and you're eating something that's really, really unhealthy, you know, it stores it more as fat. Your body doesn't take what the good nutrients were in it into it. And it's completely different in terms of your body and how it's digested. So I enjoy food. Food is a social thing coming together and that's okay. And I try whenever possible to make the healthiest choices as possible. But I now am at the point where food enhances my life. It doesn't run my life. And that's a very liberating place to be. I want to repeat what you said because that just like popped out at me. But that you don't eat your food in your head after it is finished being consumed. Yes. Um, and that mindset shift is huge for so many people that are dealing with bad re- bad relationships with food. Like they just are yeah. fighting with it. Um, and I love that you are just being nicer to yourself and making it a positive experience. Food is something to be enjoyed and something to be celebrated. And... And that's how I look at it now. And I'm very, very gentle on myself because I feel like in this world, like we're bombarded with so much. And why add to the pile within ourselves? Why keep dumping on ourselves? Why be overly critical of ourselves? We make the best choices that we can when we can and, and let it go from there. And when you do that, it, it's really liberating. And I, you know, I enjoy wine. I enjoy chocolate. All of these things that, you know, quote unquote, people think are bad or unhealthy, but a, when you educate yourself and you make smart choices in your, you know, dark chocolate, for example, it's really not unhealthy. It's our relationship with it and the ideas behind it that can be the unhealthy part. But when I eat the entire bar of dark yes. chocolate and there is the difference, right? <laughs> when, my you know? will, when my willpower decides to take a break for the night, then then I'm kind of like, okay, really? Did you really need to do that? But yeah, I, but I, I let it that, go and I move on. <laughs> I love that you just brought up willpower too because – Willpower is a finite thing. We only have so much of it in a day. So when you can find ways to not have to use your willpower in terms of food, it's really a powerful thing. So when I go grocery shopping, I don't buy a lot of junk food and keep it in my house because then I have to waste, in my opinion, waste my energy and my willpower not eating those things every day. When you put healthy food in your house, you eat healthy food because that's what's there. Mm -hmm. So you can find ways to successfully create an environment where you're choosing healthy food most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because of my meal plan and I eat um, to combat an autoimmune disease, I can't actually take the time to, you know, I guess cheat on the diet, treat Mm -hmm. on the diet. Like I Mm -hmm. I actually can't because it will be detrimental to my health. Mm -hmm. So I have had to even like reframe my mind like, Yes, I could have a treat meal because I am being good to myself and I learned after my fitness competitor days how to not deprive myself, allow myself to have food. But now I even have gone a step further and my relationship with food now is fully health-based and is that food going to cause inflammation or leaky gut at any point? So there's, I think there's definitely two schools of thought. There's being nice to ourselves and there's also... Um, educating and learning our, learning how food can affect our health as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And the common theme between those two that I see is, is this idea of awareness. Yeah. And when we start to be mindful of the food that we eat, no matter what camp you are in terms of how you eat it, that's a really powerful 
idea and something to be celebrated when we're actually paying attention and making conscious choices. I love that. You are one smart woman. (laughs) It's come from a lifetime of learning. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So after you spend all of your day learning and teaching, what do you do to wind down at night and reduce your stress? I do a lot of things. I I love sleep. Sleep is non-negotiable for me. I like to go to bed early. That's just my body likes to wake up early. I find I'm very productive in the morning. And what that looks like is most nights I go to bed pretty early. I sleep with my phone on airplane mode, my cell phone, mm-hmm. because I, you know, I have my phone in my bedroom because I use it as an alarm clock. You know, maybe, maybe moving forward at one point, I'll get one alarm clock, but I don't now. So I just use my phone. I, I don't wake up at a certain time and I don't have a certain bedtime, I kind of honor when my body is tired. Hmm. Towards the end of the day, I do notice that I am getting a little bit quieter and ready to wind down. I'll read. I like to read books. I try to read less motivational, inspirational books in the evening because it kind of gets me inspired again. (laughs) Riled up. Yeah. I tend more to, I love reading biographies and learning about successful people or people that have had you know great accomplishments or lived really interesting lives I, I enjoy reading biographies so you know I'll read a biography or something more on along those lines I I will meditate at night sometimes if I'm having a hard time winding down or I'll I'll lay in legs up the wall pose that mm-hmm. is a really good down regulating pose if I feel like I've had a really busy day and I want to kind of just unwind I have a lot of baths in the evening with you know magnesium or different Epsom salts things like that yeah, that's uh, those are sort of the main things I do at night because I don't just jump into bed really energized. I kind of, for me, winding down and easing into sleep gently is a really good way to have an amazing night's sleep. I love it. Okay, a new question that came up during the fall, the blog series, um, was from Diana House. She wanted me to ask, what are pain points that alpha females are constantly solving for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout out to Diana. She's another London girl. <laughs> <laughs> And that's a great question too. So some of my pain points, is that the question? I think too, one of the things that I'm trying to do is live my life and not be as aware of what people think or about me. So, you know, I, I do spend a lot of time honoring and taking care of myself and I don't see it as selfish and I try not to let myself wander to what do you think other people think of you while you're doing this, Jillian? Uh, you know, so letting go of that has been a powerful thing. One of the other the other things that's really coming up for me a lot right now is is this idea of traditional roles for women and what we're supposed to like air quotes supposed to do and follow this trajectory of you know you're a woman you grow up you get married you have kids you live happily ever after and that's something that especially in my life like I I live a life on my terms and I do things that again I'm following my bliss but that isn't the traditional path or trajectory that that society often dictates is what you know is is supposed to be for women I think about oftentimes there's a story of King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and they they went out in search of the Holy Grail and when they went out the Knights were only given one instruction and they were told that when they go out into the forest they had to go where it was darkest and the only thing they couldn't do was follow somebody else's path Hmm. because if you're on someone else's path it's their path and it's not your path and I keep coming back to this idea because especially, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old right now and, you know, thinking about what I want to do in my life. Do I want to have kids? Where do I, do I want to settle down? How do I want to live? Realizing that we all have our own path and we don't need to follow the traditional path of society. And that's okay has been something that's been a really um, powerful shift and way of thinking for me. But something that comes up a lot in terms of like a pain point or what I think an el- other alpha females might face as well. 
I love that. So as we've covered all of the healthy habits that you do to find work-life harmony, it doesn't stop there because the definition is that we are trying to lead a happy and healthy life as Mm -hmm. an alpha female. And you are doing a ton, a ton, a massive amount of research around um, science and happiness. So mm-hmm. you definitely had the longest blog on blog <laughs> answer in the fall. Um, but I can't wait to see how this has potentially evolved even mm-hmm. just in a few months. But what is your definition of happiness or bliss? <laughs> I Okay. So my PhD is in health and rehabilitation science. And my primary area of research is health promotion. And specifically what I study is happiness and how it relates to health. <laughs> And so if I put my researcher hat on for a second while I'm talking to you, Robin, I would, I would say, and the definition that I commonly cite when I do research comes from Dr. Sonia Lubomirsky, and she defines happiness as the experience of joy, contentment, or positive well-being combined with a sense that one's life is good, meaningful, and worthwhile. Hmm. What that boils down to is basically happiness is how satisfied you are with your life and how good you feel on a day-to-day basis. Because as we all know, throughout the day, happiness is transient. There are certain times, like I'm talking to you right now, and this is really fun, and I'm feeling really happy. And then, you know, maybe I get off the phone, and I go meditate for a while. So it's not that I'm not as happy. It's just a different experience of that, that happiness. It changes throughout the day. One of the things, when I think about happiness, uh, I, I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of the quote, you know, uh, the pursuit of, like, we're all, I think it's in the American Constitution, you know, we all have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, Thomas Jefferson quote. Mm. I recently learned that when that quote was created, the word pursuit meant something different than it does right now. When I say pursuit, uh, oftentimes I'm thinking of something like actively going out after something, chasing something, seeking something. That's what the word pursuit means to us today. Back then, the word pursuit meant practice. Hmm. So we all have the right to life, liberty, and the practice of happiness. And that's what I come back to when you look at happiness. The literature, first of all, from a scientific perspective, shows that happiness is like it's a skill. It's like a muscle you can work to cultivate and to build it. And no matter what your baseline is, how you were born to cultivate and to grow that muscle. Things like mindfulness, meditation, things like gratitude, doing nice things for other people, giving back, those are all ways you can build that muscle. And when you look at happiness as a practice in an, on a day-to-day basis, it really shifts things because it's something we're always working towards and building, and it's not a destination that we arrive at. It's different every day. And I think that's sometimes when we get so narrowly focused on thinking about happiness, you can lose sight of everything else. And, and if you are so laser focused on, I want to be happy, you can actually set yourself up to not be happy because you're creating an environment that's unrealistic. But when you think about happiness as a practice and doing things every day that make you feel better and noticing what those things are and then incorporating more of those into your life, it can have a really powerful effect, can make you happier, and it can also have a really positive effect on your health. Mm, I love that because one of my favorite quotes that just like slapped me upside the head as I began my happiness journey mm-hmm. was that I choose my own happiness, that it is, yeah. a, it is a choice. And so I like resonating that back to it is a practice. So yeah. I practice happiness. I practice joy because I choose what I want in my life that brings me joy, that brings me bliss. I love that too. One of the things I always talk about is happiness isn't something you get. It's something that you are. Mm. And if we're all happy, we're all innately born with happiness inside of all of us. And uh, that is absolutely true. And the research does confirm that. What you find is that it's just a matter of connecting with that and building that and finding that within. 
happiness is as different as each of us because we're all unique and we're all individuals, Mm -hmm. but we all have it within us. It just looks differently for different people. And that's amazing and perfect. And now I just want to watch YouTube videos of little babies giggling. Right? (laughs) That's what I I think of when you say it's born within us. (laughs) One more fun fact. Of course. Uh, When you said baby, that just made me think of it. (laughs) (laughs) We're born smiling. 3D technology ultrasound has confirmed it, that babies are born smiling. So our default setting when we come out of the womb is a smile. Hmm. And it's so funny. The day that we recorded this podcast is February 2nd, and you posted a picture on your Facebook about smiling, and I periscoped this morning about smiling at everybody in all of the boardroom meetings that I was going to attend. Yeah, and so yeah it's I, small. I love that we're on the same wavelength of yeah, it's happiness. a small action that has a huge impact and it's a tool that we all have access to at every moment of every day mm. amazing mm-hmm. thank you so much for your time today i truly appreciate having you on the podcast thank you so much robin it's been so fun to chat with you i finally had the chance to pick the march contest winners Thank you to everyone that left a rating and review. I am so grateful for them. And so without further ado, here are the winners. For the Conquer Kit book by Natalie McNeil, I have two copies and live underscore well and jamie.wainman have won those copies. And then for the clear book winner by Anik McGuck, I have Mrs. Cad RN and L-S-K-O-B-L-E-N who have won those two copies. And then last but not least, the Magnum prize pack winner is Jessica Sylvia. Please email me your shipping address to Robin Baldwin, all one word, at gmail.com and I will get you your prize packs as soon as possible. To everybody else, I'm going to have more giveaways, so stay tuned and thank you again so much for listening. This episode is sponsored by the Live Like an Alpha Female Video Challenge. Are you ready to take charge of your fitness and health routine? Are you ready to get organized so that you have more time to spend with your family or friends or loved ones without feeling always stressed? That's why I created the Live Like an Alpha Female Video Challenge. It's a five-day video series that helps you decrease stress, get organized, and find more time in your day to go after all of your crazy big goals and dreams. We'll tackle things from fitness, how to be proactive with your health and nutrition, ways to stay healthy and less stressed at work, and also go through all of my smartphone organization tips. Sign up at robinbaldwin.com forward slash alpha female for the free video challenge today. Thank you for listening to the Alpha Female Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And I would love you to eternity and back if you would be so kind to open your podcast app of choice and leave me a rating and review. You can find more of me at robinbaldwin.com. That's Robin with a Y, B-A-L-D-W-I-N. And join us next week for another inspiring chat. I hope you have a spectacular day.